0: 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada. The Viewpoint with Asraf Gada.
1: So, one point, the... uh interview with Philip Tybosch. We'll have the podcast up tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock. Check it out, safm.co.za. Let's get you some scores from the PSL. Kaiser Chiefs back on a winning run, finally. 2-0 up against uh, Free State Stars. That game now in the second half. We'll update you on that one there. And the European Champions League, two early games over already. Uh, Let me get this right. Inter Milan 2 uh, Tottenham Hotspur won, that game is a result and the other one is uh, Barcelona uh, winning their match by four goals to nil and uh, there's only one guess who scored a hat-trick I don't even have to mention the name, I think it's pretty obvious Okay, Liverpool against uh, Paris Saint-Germain will update you on that game all throughout the next uh, 45 minutes or an hour or so. Let's get to the, the second part of the show which is Trying to get the big picture now. So today we're going to do something very different in a sense that you may be aware, well, you should be aware that the annual Nelson Mandela uh, that that lecture that took place, the one that takes place every year uh, on behalf of the Nelson Mandela Foundation, had President the American President Barack Obama here, and part of that is a theme discussion they had in terms of what he said and certain themes that came out of it, and one in particular which is something we're going to debate now, and this is interesting, is inclusive. Capitalism, let me get that right. Is inclusive capitalism a realistic economic vision? for the future. So let's try and make sense of all of that. I've got two guests, Sumaya Hendricks with me, who's an analyst at the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Sumaya, good, good of you to come in and thanks for joining us.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Absolutely. And we also have Kuketso Moretti, who's an Obama fellow. So thank you for joining us as well, Kuketso. It's a
2: pleasure. And you
1: guys have this big responsibility of answering this question first up. So Sumaya, let's get to you first. Inclusive capitalism, is it a realistic economic vision for the future? Um,
2: thanks so much for the opportunity again. Um, so just to give some context, so, um, former President Obama had mentioned this notion of inclusive capitalism, Mm. and it was a thread that the foundation really wanted to pick on um, and have further discussion on. And um, we had a panel discussion, and people had given several views. Um, Koketso, who was one of the panelists, um, she gave her opinion of it. Um, We had Selohatang, Walch, Pamela Mondliwe, and those discussions are things that you can watch online. So what I'd maybe do is just offer my... um, Uh, position on what inclusive capitalism actually is. Okay, well, let's start
1: with definition. What what is your understanding of that? Inclusive capitalism.
2: So for me, um, and it's really influenced about my work, um, it's really um, a state in which the future prospects of a child isn't hampered by the income poverty of a parent. So it's about... Um, for me it 's a, it's a, it's an economy where the state plays a role in leveling the playing fields um, of its citizens um, and where the state compensates for the differences um, in income and wealth um, because it 's really about um, giving um, equal opportunities to people mm-hmm. and provide ladders out of poverty um, and so for me that 's really what we uh, for me what inclusive capitalism is and, and do you
1: think that that it, it can it can happen i mean south africa is a, is a classic example of a of an apartheid based society, and it's still very pronounced, so these differences occur, Never mind. people may succeed at certain levels. I think you have a wonderful piece about people graduating and what happens next. I mean, can, can you make up those divides?
2: Yeah, um, it's not so much um, how much money we have to invest in poverty and equality. It's mm-hmm. really about where we want to invest strategically. Um, and it's really about identified what are those levers that can help people um, to transcend the situations that they are in. And uh, for the Nelson Mandela Foundation, we really identified early child development as um, a means, a mechanism by which people can transcend um, economic poverty and t- also um, be in a position where they're able to attain um, education far higher than their parents have been able to okay, achieve.
1: That's, that's your opening line. Let's get cooked. So, Moiti, just to respond to that as well, just in terms of your understanding of this inclusive capitalism and, and this you know, maybe great savior in terms of the future.
3: I am still, like, lost <laughs> on what the hell that is supposed well, to you're, mean. You're you're an because, Obama <laughs> fellow, <so> you can <laughs> <vote him. laughs> Because, uh, fundamentally, anything that you need to segregate to say that this is what it looks like when it's inclusive, this is what it is when it's not, and That's not about people. I'm interested in people. What does it mean for people to live a decent and dignified life, right, Um, across the board? It doesn't matter whether you are orientated toward a capitalistic orientation. It shouldn't matter whether you are orientated towards what. But let's also look at what exists, right? A lot of people will talk about the failures of socialism. And right now, this is not a debate about dogma. What we don't often compared to is the failures of capitalism inherently right and how has capitalism failed us we live in completely different worlds where we have a public sector we have a private sector where those who can afford get better services inherently right Mm, which is about mm, capital mm. and your proximity to it and that's not what human beings are about and human well-being is about.
1: So would you would you therefore would you throw out that, that entire word inclusive or that phrase inclusive capitalism something that's almost trying to give a friendlier face to capitalism which uh, may not have worked and we can debate that.
3: Completely. I think any system that is on the brink of failure whether we're talking about the rising global inequality whether we talk about the environmental devastation we see all around us and whether we're talking about the right-wing conservative politics we see globally, right? All of the evidence suggests that capitalism has failed. And we also know that any system that is failing attempts to find ways to reinvent itself. And it feels like inclusive capitalism is going that way, where, you know, we're just going to shift to accommodate a little bit more. But inherently, if you're fundamentally about people, you would just be a system that exists for people. You would not need to segregate what is inclusive, what is not, what is you know you would just exist okay as always you know time for 2-3 calls if you wish to join us you can do that right away 089 089
1: one one o four two o seven. We're talking about this. A follow up a from that Obama lecture uh, that the Nelson Mandela Foundation has every single year, and picking up on that is a discussion they had as the Nelson Mandela Foundation, and and picking up this phrase inclusive capitalism and what that really means, and you know is that a vision for the for the type of future that we certainly want in our country in particular, right? That's the voice of Koketsa Morati, who's an Obama fellow. We also have Somaiah Hendricks, who's an analyst at the Nelson Mandela Foundation. Now we'll talk about early childhood development. I know that's a space that you playing but, but let's just pick up in terms of w- what then was the outcome of the of the of, of your and I say yours, the Manila Foundation's uh, debate think tank last week. W- w- what did you people conclude? Or, or was it like four or five voices and they were all poles apart?
2: Mm. Um, so as I said, the panel discussion was really born out of the lecture. Mm-hmm. And for us, the lecture is important um, as a means of stimulating intellectual discussion um, and hopefully action. And uh, by picking up on the inclusive um, economy discussion, it was about how can we further this debate to the benefit of people? Um, what Koketsu was alluding to is about how do we create a system that's people-centered, that put people at the center mm-hmm. of it? I mean, I think, like with any panel discussion, it um, it wasn't necessarily um, conclusive in any way. But I think some of the, the things that... Um, I would I would say that the panelists did agree on is the need for um, innovation the need to try think to different things um, the need for us to not necessarily rely on the 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 kindness of rich people about you know how do we create how do we be proactive about the kind of system that we create um, so those are kind of the threads um, that emerged and um, many people from the audience gave um, anecdotes about um, the kind uh, and um, Examples of the kind of economy that we kind um, mm, mm. ca- examples of what needs to happen in an economy. Um, for example, they gave the example of John Lewis um, in the UK, and um, we really need to be looking to other countries um, and even within South Africa to see what we can go ahead doing. Okay, and, and, and
1: therefore, was any consensus reached be- between those different opinions that you had?
2: No, I mean, I think the if I'd say if there was one consensus, it's it's about it's time to do something now. It's um, it's so many years you know. post our first election. Um, we all know what's happening with the economy. And uh, it's just about, there's a pressing need to do something fundamentally different. Um, and if, the, um, if, there's, if we wait any longer, um, the situation's only gonna get worse. And uh, something will, I know we, we speak about, we talk about radical economic transformation. And uh, if there isn't something radical that does happen um, in South Africa with respect to changing the patterns of poverty and equality, something radical will happen either way.
1: Okay, that's a big cause for concern right now, now I have to tell you in in uh, ahead of tonight's uh, uh, talk uh, my debate over over supper was was social capital and I think you'd appreciate that in terms of where we come from but but, but here's the thought in terms of your point about investing in in uh, early childhood development so in, in a South Africa that was divided along and largely along racial lines and this trot of four different race groups uh, and it's still pronounced right uh, how will early childhood development, and I'm using the word investment because I don't have a better word, how would, you know, let's say an overinvestment in, in key areas um, or, or deficits overcome the the, 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 the social capital... That is so pronounced, and then going back to this issue of, of an inclusive uh, capitalism that mm-hmm. we talk about.
2: So let's maybe just start up by defining what we mean by early childhood development. It's really about the process of development of a child um, from birth to school going age, just before school going age, in all spheres of development. So they they're spiritual, they're social, their communication, their physical development, health, dev- and, and so forth. And um, I mean the the, the research is. There's so much consensus on the research about the, the benefit of investing of early childhood development. So the estimates around for every one dollar um, you invest in early child development, the rate of return is between 13 to 16 dollars. Um, and the reason why this is is because um, investing early in a child's life, um, it, it creates momentum so the the earlier the, the the better the investment is earlier on uh, early on in life, mm. then the investments made later in life it means that it has a greater impact. so it's a really it's a cost efficient investment um, and it really comes down to the the simple biology of the fact that your the brain develops um at a speed and a, um, a during zero to four years old um in a way that it doesn't any time in your life okay. so if you if you miss that development milestone, um, then it uh, there's no it, it's very hard to compensate okay so, later. so with that in
1: mind then to what degree is south africa investing heavily into that early childhood so i'll
2: give you some statistics between 0 and 4 years old only 35% of children um have access to a you uh, know early childhood development facility if you
1: so 65%
2: do i no, not wow. at an early childhood development facility um and all of this is completely uh, impacted by um your income quantile. so if you um um, the lower income qual- quantiles, you have a less than 50% per chance. If you ha- higher income uh, quantiles, there's a 90%. And basically all the statistics, the long and short of it is this, is that if you're a child from an informal settlement or township area, if you have limited early development stimulation, it means that when you enter grade one, so we're very good at grade one. In South mm-hmm. Africa, there's universal access, but it means that when you enter grade one, you're already entering at a disadvantage. Um, and um, research has shown that um, you can already pick up social class differences in a child from one and a half years old. Yeah. So wow. the travesty that we have this perpetual cycle of poverty. Um. So you know, people can't. You know, life's a lottery. So you can't determine what circumstances you are born into. But surely it must mean that that as a state and society, you must be able to intervene that the life prospects of a child isn't. Well, actually, you what you've
1: raised something that is so so worrisome and, and such a concern uh, as well.
3: Okay. So you, you you want to add to that? Um. So I think before we ever get to grade one. We should understand that, you know, Sumay was very right. All of your early prospects are held in Mm. those first formation days. All of the evidence tells us that the first thousand days of a child's life. So if you're breastfeeding, right, the nutrients Mm, mm, and the mm. development of the brain and all of that are so dependent on that. Before you are even born, the mother's nutrition levels tell us. So again, we are talking, we keep talking about the formal systems, but those formal systems are a result of as a child from the moment of conception when you were in the nutrition that you were getting the first thousand days in which you were born what were you consuming and even when we talk about early childhood development and um, you know that certain people who live in townships are less You know it is less accessible to what does that tell us about spatial architecture right and where we are investing in in terms of the spaces we occupy in society so i would have a perspective that it's about it's so much bigger broader than that and even if we are talking about a child when they get to grade one the prospects of that child have been defined far, Absolutely. far I mean, You,
1: you, you have the worrisome point and we've and got some big soccer games on the goal. Use a soccer example. If you have a stadium of 100,000 people, uh, people seated and, and they come from all walks of life and they're seated there. In effect, what we don't know is they're not equal. Completely. Assuming they all got a a free ticket to enter, they're still not equal depending on where they come from. So there's an inherent disadvantage and that's where we are in our country.
3: That's where we are in our country. And just to give you the most basic example in relation to this and the whole inclusive capitalism discussion, right? So the way I would always frame it is that when we talk about inequality, which is an inherent consequence of capitalism, we often talk about it in relation to the victim, that there is this person who, because they are black in a particular country, in a particular space in history, this is the trajectory of their life for many people. We have over 50% of the population living in, ext- in poverty. But on the other hand, what we don't often look at is the excess of the other. So if we had a tandy. And we pulled this Tandy's life in relation in comparison to someone called John Smith, who is not innately much more cleverer than mm, her. Mm. But because they were born in a particular space in history, because of accumulated wealth that is deprived exactly of this Tandy's back, right? It means that John has much more bre- better prospects in life, right? Early nutrition, earlier possibilities of accessing ECD. Most likely accessing um, grade one, most likely finishing school, most likely going to a higher education. And therefore
1: we'll be first possible. And therefore
3: I mean, we'll, you know, absolutely. and so when we talk about inclusivity, what are we talking about? Are we talking about we are going to pick, you know, the fine line that ignores the kind of historical injustice, contemporary well, well, injustice? I mean, there's
1: an issue of early childhood development and what about those that have moved beyond that what do we still do and i'll get to uh Sumire Hendricks to to comment on that in just a moment however uh, quick short sharp calls are always welcome colin from cape town go ahead colin hi Hi, Ashton.
0: Good evening to your guests. Good you know evening, something? Father. Uh, when I talk about Obama and he had a big speech here in South Africa yeah. with Nelson Mandela's foundation and all this and that. You know, I, I read an article a couple of years ago that at, uh, actually Africa was disappointed when Obama became president of America. He actually, he actually sort of ignored Africa. Not okay, but but wait, Colin, day, you know, this is the pro- day, Colin, Colin, sure?
1: I'm going to interject you and I always do that with you because you're drifting into a different geopolitical space. No, 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 Can we talk no, about no, South Africa? This is, is where we what are. I,
0: want to tell you is, I don't know why people always talk about Somebody that's not in the position anymore. It's like somebody praising somebody after they passed away. No, your radio station, our radio station, we all do that. We never hear of a of an icon, but as soon as the icon passes away now, now, a bomber came to south africa okay but, 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 but
1: Colin, Colin, do you want to comment on inclusive capitalism? That's what I want to hear from you
0: um I'll tell you what
1: okay, no next no, time I'd
0: rather, I'd rather. perfect
1: Colin thanks for that your, your general point may be correct that we tend to praise afterwards but that's another whole discussion uh, completely uh, Sumeya let, let's talk about yeah so you, you touched on early childhood development and then you already expressed just the massive concerns already but, but what about those that are not you know so grade one up to varsity 25 years old or just out of varsity or maybe not even getting to varsity what do we do with them in terms of this um, inclusive capitalism that that we're we talking about now
2: Um, the problem that we have in South Africa is that we see things in isolation, right? So for an example, early child development is handled by the Department of Social Development, but yet primary school is handled by Department of Education. And and, uh, I'll I'll come back to directly answer your question. But a manifestation of the, uh, I mean, of the problem is that an illustration of the problem is that we have a situation where eight out of 10 kids in grade four cannot read for meaning. And so everything is a building blocks. So we cannot, you know, um, look in uh, at metric results um, without looking at what the foundations that we uh, lay early on. Um, So that's just the one thing that we need to look at the system as a whole. But just to answer your question around, you know, what do we do with people? um, Mm -hmm. My PhD research is looking at government graduate internship programs, because um, these graduate internship programs are really a means to fill the gap um, that maybe. Um, weren't weren't necessarily filled for many graduates while they were at university or while they're at school. And so it's really um, for all of us in society to say at every stage of a person's life, you know, if we really want to tackle poverty and equality, um, you know, it's not – um, an exclusive approach that we only follow, focus on a particular period of a child's life, but it needs to mean, it, and it does mean that we need to work hard at constantly intervening at all the different parts, important parts of a person's life, mm-hmm. um, where they would need a bit of a push, a bit of a hand, um, in order to propel them to the next stage of development. And,
1: and therefore, the the broad, you know, economic systems that that countries adopt, like be it South Africa, or the USA, or China, whatever. Uh, Will that impact on what we do in our country?
2: Do you know, one of my frustrations is that we really talk about, you know, when we talk about inclusive econo- um, in economy or, you know, bringing about mm. uh, economic transformation, we, to- we talk about it on a systematic level. But let me just give you a simple example. When it comes to early child development, because that's the area I'm focused in, to a center in an informal settlement cannot get registered to get the 15 rand per subsidy from government because they do not have a title deed. Now, we can, you know, throw around these Mm. terms Mm. of inclusive economics, but basically these laws were not created for the people that need it most. Um, And so it's around, you know, how do we create a mindset that when we are developing policy, not even on a national level, on a very local level, how do we create it? How do we have this, what Kuketsu was saying, a people-centered approach where we're not putting laws and restriction and title deeds before people, but we're saying people are the peop- the, the most important thing in this equation. How do we create an well, I mean, environment?
1: It, it brings us back to a discussion that, that we often have about, you know, do, and maybe you can answer that, Kuketsu, in terms of, you know, who makes the shifts? Do the decisions get taken in parliament They we decide we will follow a socialist or capitalist or communistic economic system, and that's going to assist the majority of the people? Or are you suggesting we need to have radical shifts in terms of being totally people-centered? So there's lots of bureaucracy, lots of name-calling,
3: but what does all that mean? It means we need to step away from dogma and find the people. So basic example. So the law she's talking about, about, um, you know, like the title deeds Mm. that are a barrier, right? We cannot ignore within the current system in which we live, title deeds are given for profit, and that in itself is mm, a major mm, problem. Mm, mm. It's not about the public interest. So that tells us that there's something so deeply, fundamentally wrong with what exists around us. And so what we need to explore is what does exist? What are the institutions and the capacity of these institutions and the capacity of the state and the capacity of regulation and us as people and you know in its different manifestations to be much more people centered do, right? do you get a cent- that the state
1: of capacity or or not to be people centered it's there
3: it's there it's there in its pockets but again um it is so difficult for too long for Many of the times we think of ourselves or our organizations and our institutions as being at the center of the world, right? But within the systems in which we exist, that's not what's happening. So how are we finding ourselves in the periphery and finding ways to connect these different struggles to move us much more closer to the center, for example? And would you give us an answer to that? How do we find ourselves (laughs) beyond the boundary? (laughs) These these are very fascinating questions. But anyway, a basic example: Kandai Canal, India. Um, Unilever had had a mercury plant that was making thermometers and that left people very deeply infected with a variety of diseases. What happened there was we had a community of 600 people who, you know, kids were getting sick and whatnot. They organized for almost a decade, they organized. And then you had an organization that swept in and said, you know, we will support your struggle. Um, They made a parody video, Nicki Minaj, you know, um, Nicki Minaj Anaconda. And... Amazing video, it went viral, 4 million views, but that took the struggle outside of this 600 people to putting it on a scale at which Unilever could feel pressure and say, here are hundreds and thousands of people who are demanding, standing in solidarity with these people, Mm. saying that we want reparations, we want the factory shut down, we want all of this cleaned up, you know? Eventually people got compensation, The Discussion about the cleaning up Of the places ongoing We have pockets of that That's not the only example We've seen in Kenya We've seen even here in South Africa We've seen across the world That people are pushing boundaries With the little they have But what made the difference Is people coming together Okay well let's see if they can do that
1: Collectively all the time Simple maths is a per BM Saying for as long as population growth Outperforms economic growth All ideologies remain pipe dreams And poverty will increase And there's another There's a couple of more The most effective way of leveling the playing field and alleviating poverty and inequality and all of the associated social ills is a universal basic income grant or big considering our history in no other country in the world could a big grant system be more or big be more appropriate than here in south africa big grants would be a major step in the direction of radical economic transformation Dude, we've got about three minutes to go and i'm trying to not miss some important issues here uh are we too, too married to, to, again, ideologies and dogmas? Because I'm trying to think, you know, does does government um, need to follow systems as in dogmas and ideologies and then implement? And if they strip them of all those ideologies, how then do they implement? I mean, isn't ideology a formula?
2: I mean, ideology is a formula. Um, but I think for me it comes down to there being a lack of imagination and creativity. And um, I wouldn't necessarily only attribute it to there being a lack of young people in government, um, but they are. When you keep hearing the same voices and the same voices are involved in public policy mm. um, and in shaping what discourse and policy is in South Africa, then we have to ask the question if if if, if South Africa's um, economy is you know at a, at a point now where it's clear that there are. There are things that need to change in order for there there to be substantial change in the lives of people. Then it must be that not only that you have to do different things, but you also need different people doing different things. Um, And there's just something very powerful Obama said. He said, you know, there's no reason to believe that 100 years ago, um, a person who was born in a a village had the the ability to alter history. And it's about, you know, how do we create a situation where um, we have a people-centered approach and where we're working towards creating conditions where every child has the ability to um, alter history. And uh, for that, I don't care what you call it. Um, it's it's really about creating that people-centered approach. So, so do
1: you think we can, you know, so you've got Obama, you've got the Nelson Mandela Foundation, you had your panel discussion and the, this issue about uh, early childhood development and overall, but the bottom line to all of that would be how, how do we ensure that, that, in this case, South Africans can overcome massive deficits of inequality and, and still succeed? Do you, do you think, because you spoke about imagination.
2: Yeah.
1: Are we having those imaginative discussions and implementations?
2: Well, on the, I mean, firstly, I don't think we are having those discussions. Um, but secondly, I think any discussion about the future, they must always be prefaced by the, by the notion that anything is possible because really then we're cutting ourselves before we've even started. Um, and I think that we have the ability to be even greater than what we are now. And I think the, um, the future is really what we make of it.
1: Okay, You want to add to that?
2: Yeah, so I do think that those discussions are happening. It
3: depends where we are listening, right? If we are listening to so-called mainstream discourse, what often happens is that's a minority of our population. English-speaking South Africa is a minority of our population. You go to Case Camus Hook. Liberatory zones, people who are moving beyond the retail sector to manufacture their own food, to sell each other their own food, to barter their own food, you know, and what that has created in the sense of community. There are so many other examples that are existing, happening all at the same time, experiments, imagination, creativity. But fundamentally, it is about the well-being of people and human beings. People often talk about, um, just as an example, like these things, inequality and so on, just exist in a vacuum. As if they aren't propped up deliberately and people aren't benefiting from them. As if fundamentally there is no inherent deep injustice that is going on. And that is what capitalism is built on, right? The idea of excess in relation to deprivation. And we are not even talking about dogma. Most basic example I can give is the inability to regulate food prices, right? Um, We can talk about price discrimination in terms of, you know, data costs in South Africa. Mm -hmm. We all talk about data must fall. But what we fundamentally lose sight of is that the poor pay so much more in relation to the richer in our country, <laughs> right? <laughs> they're paying the same price, they're paying far more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. So these are some of the engage, like these are some of the issues that we have um, in the city of Johannesburg. When the city was cleaning off street vendors, Operation Clean Sweep, which is you are cleaning, you see human beings as dirt that must be cleaned off. We can't ignore that it was other human beings who saw them as dirt that must be switched off, ra- swept off. Okay. People were like a rate paying customer, please take this person away. These are the little things. So, those are, are complex on. issues and they complex problems. We're going <laughs> to
1: wrap up, and I've got about a minute to talk to both of you guys. Just so many first Your thoughts, therefore, going back to the issue of people of being, being people centered. So, are you hopeful that the, that that Parliament is not really where the biggest changes in, in the country should take place?
2: I mean, I think um, government's an important um, um, stakeholder in society, and I don't think the role of the state should be undermined. And um but I, I think it's around it's about, you know, how does how does capital, how does NGOs, how does communities, what Koketzo was talking about, these really incredible um conversations that are happening, how do how did those voices get elevated? How does a grassroots uh, movement approach um when it comes to, you know, big NGOs when they when they give out funding, how do you prioritize those voices? And um so I I don't think um any one particular stakeholder has um has the um, you know the ability to make that change? It's really about there being um, a, a multitude of uh, stakeholders, but it's really about how do we get everyone on board with the same objective, um, which for me is the. And, and that right point now. about
1: imagination, I think, is very important. Okay, so just your last thoughts on that. Again, if we're taking people centred, where does it start and end?
2: State in,
3: state capture inquiry is very instructive, right? At The heart of it is not about one family; it is about the influence of capital on. State decision-making processes, which should be fundamentally people-centered, right? Whether you are talking about the public health system, which is often run in the interest of profit, um, whether you are talking about the outsourcing of st- what are, should be fundamentally state services, right? It is about the shift towards profit-making rather than seeing that people's needs are met. Okay, and, and we'll leave it at That's that because
1: the there's problem. lots more to come out of that. I have a sense we'll maybe have a similar discussion sometime down the line. Both of you on social media, I'll leave it to you if you wish to even just add further comments. Just, just tweet us even just now, tag me, uh, just use that hashtag, SFM Viewpoint. I'll pick it up today, tomorrow morning, and we would certainly share it. And by the way, some of the uh, so have some of the, the visuals as per your panel discussions, if you're able to tweet some of the links to that, even now, I'll certainly share it as well. Great. Right, perfect. There we are. Somaya Hendricks from the Nelson Mandela Foundation, Koketso Moeti, who's an Obama Fellow, talking about, well, inclusive capitalism as it relates to South Africa and the issues of social capitalism and, or social capital and the deficits we're facing in our country and how and what needs to happen to change all of that. Appreciate your time. Both of you will get to something that has changed, and uh, it's called Dhaka. It's been top trending story all throughout the day. Let's make sense of that in a moment.